0: A medical history, and you even told us the levels were normal when we called. Then, two hours later, she's gone. How could that even happen? Why did you put her next to those others with COVID? Were you even watching her? By the time we saw her, it, it didn't look it. None of us saw an oximeter anywhere near her.
1: Hello, I'm Dr. John Marwick. You're listening to the Medical Protection Podcast. I've titled today's Case Files episode, Saying Sorry Is Not Always Easy. As always, we'll be using an actual case to look at this issue. In this situation, a patient in her late 70s with a history of late stage ovarian cancer and a previous MI was admitted to hospital during the time of COVID with chest pain and low oxygen saturation. The family were not allowed to accompany her or see her in ICU, but shortly after she was admitted, they were told that her troponin levels and oxygen saturation levels were normal. Then, just a few hours later, they were told she had died. When they saw her after her death, there was no sign of an IV drip, oxygen mask or monitoring equipment, and they reached the conclusion that she had not been adequately treated. Maybe because of her age, her cancer, or because the hospital was too busy with COVID. They lodged a complaint. Today, I'll be discussing the case with Dr. Ronald Ng, a specialist hematologist based in Singapore. Ronald is an experienced mediator. As principal mediator with the Singapore Mediation Center and a volunteer mediator with the state court, he deals with a range of cases including those that come before the medical council and the courts. Welcome, Ronald. Thank you for joining me for this discussion.
2: It is my pleasure.
1: You know this case, of course. This was one that you were involved with, although we've changed the details, of course, for confidentiality. Um, But uh, I think it might be useful to hear what the doctor uh, said uh, So, I'll just play that and then we can discuss
3: Upon admission, we were aware of the epigastric pain with nausea and some difficulty breathing. Her oxygen saturation was low on admission, her rapid antigen Covid test was negative, her troponin only mildly elevated and her ECG showed some slightly abnormal changes. Because of her condition and history of myocardial infarct, she was admitted to ICU where most beds were taken up with very sick COVID patients. All precautions were being taken to protect staff and patients so family members were not allowed to accompany patients and medical and nursing staff were wearing full PPE. She did appear to settle somewhat with oxygen and pain relief and we were waiting for results from PCR and serial bloods and any further ECG changes. However, as you know, 2 hours after admission, she spontaneously went into cardiac asystole and did not respond to the resuscitation including defibrillation and IV medication. On reviewing the care given to this patient, I am sure that nothing further could have been done to prevent her death. From my point of view, there was no error and certainly no negligence on my part or any of the other medical or nursing staff. This is a sad result, and I understand the family's grief, but I don't believe we bear any responsibility.
1: So we can see that, from the doctor's point of view, that as far as he was concerned, all the best care was given to this patient. Uh, the troponin levels, as I understand it, were, were only very mildly elevated initially because it was early in the, in the case, and oxygen saturations, I understand, were low. Uh, Or, or, sorry, were were normal because the patient was actually on oxygen. Is that right?
2: Yes, absolutely correct. The tragedy there is that when the family called the hospital for an update, the person who answered the phone said the troponin level was a few hundreds, which was not as high as expected. And the oxygen saturation was 100. Without telling the patient's family, that the patient was on oxygen. The person answering phone just gave the the fact of the case. And therefore that led to a misunderstanding on the part of the family that the troponin level was quite okay and uh, oxygen saturation back to normal. And therefore they didn't expect the subsequent news that the patient has passed on. Now, from the test point of view, he was absolutely correct. He hasn't done anything wrong. But the point here is, he, it's not the technical thing that the patient is looking for. It's some kind of closure. And, and the doctor absolutely showed no empathy with the family. And this was where the trouble started. There was a misunderstanding in communication and lack of empathy on the doctor's part. Uh, taking a legalistic act, uh, position, I have not done anything wrong, and therefore I will not apologize.
1: Right. And and of course, families in this situation, the, the family was, was very upset. Their mother had died unexpectedly and they had reached the conclusion that inadequate care had been given. So, so they actually, what, what do you think patients in these sorts of situations when things have gone wrong, what, what do they feel that they need? I think
2: they need closure and understanding of what has happened.
1: I guess they would want also some acknowledgement of, of what it's been like for them.
2: Yes, yes, absolutely. Yes, correct, yeah.
1: And as you mentioned, they're hoping for an apology. Yes. But the doctor fe- the doctor feels because nothing's been done wrong, uh, he shouldn't be apologising.
2: Yes, that's, that's the position. In fact, in a private session with the doctor, the doctor actually said that. Why should I apologise? I haven't done anything wrong. But in the mediation community, we have a saying... An apology is not necessarily an admission of guilt, but is an admission that the relationship is important. And that is something we have to bear in mind.
1: An acknowledgement that the relationship is important. How do you distinguish then between that and an apology where you're saying, I'm sorry, I did something wrong?
2: Now, for those of you who have attended the uh, um Mastering Adverse Outcome or Navigating Adverse Outcome Workshop, you will know that there are many ways of saying, I'm sorry. And one of the ways we emphasize is to say, I am sorry, you. That shows empathy without getting oneself involved in taking responsibility. And very often that works magic.
1: Right, right. Because because as you say, saying that I'm sorry that, this has happened to you, is a is saying. the The relationship is important between me and you, and I I feel sorry that that has happened to you. But it isn't. It isn't admitting um, liability or or responsibility.
2: Yes, absolutely.
1: Are doctors reluctant? Do you think sometimes to to offer that sort of apology?
2: Um, y- in my experience, yes. Um, there, there was another case where uh, I was involved, where there was a doctor with two lawyers, the hospital with two lawyers, the patient with two lawyers, mm-hmm. and nine people in the room, and they, they settled everything except the apology. Mm-hmm. And until I told the doctor, this concept is an admission of the importance of the relationship, and to, the way to say this: I'm sorry that you have gone through this experience, or no, that I'm sorry you part. Um, finally agreed to say that and the case solved and never went to court.
1: Wow. Uh, yes, I w- I do hear from time to time that lawyers feel very uncomfortable with their um, clients saying, sorry, um, sometimes we're, we're advised if you're involved with a motor car accident, for example, you should never admit anything. So I guess people are sometimes, doctors are sometimes thinking that this is a risky thing to do. But I think the evidence is actually this is exactly what patients want and saying it in an empathetic way, as you say, isn't there evidence that this actually reduces your risk of getting a complaint or being sued?
2: Absolutely correct. If I may say, just last week, I mediated another case where after surgery, nothing went wrong with the surgery, uh, uh, the patient was discharged and the patient was from another country. And when he, after the patient gone home, the, two weeks later, the patient died from um, pulmonary embolus.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: And the family at first was distraught. They couldn't understand what has happened.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: And the letter was of demand asking for money, uh, compensation to the doctor. But after mediation, and the doctor was very good he really was concerned about what has happened. And he said, look, for two years, I couldn't function properly because of this case. And he apologized and showed empathy to the the family. He was a genuine sense of sorry. And it became a conversation between the family and him, sorting out what has happened. And in the end, The thing was resolved. The family was looking for closure. Now, about the demand for payment, in the end, there was some payment as a goodwill gesture of 20% of what was demanded. Very small amount. So in the mediation community, you understand that payment is a symbol of the sense of sorry being felt. It's not an admission of guilt. In in the final agreement, there was no admission of guilt on, on any part. And to me, it's one of the most heartwarming, beautiful mediation sessions that I've done because it repaired the relationship between the family and the doctor.
1: Thank you for sharing that, uh, Ronald. Um, I know that in this particular case, uh, the family eventually got to speak to a senior nurse manager in the the hospital. uh, And she's got, I think, a pretty good example of how this might go. We've actually got a recording of um a uh, an actor taking the part of the of the senior nurse it might be good to to listen to her just now
0: if i may can i please come back to what you've shared earlier <sighs> sure thank you and before i do i do want to apologize on behalf of this hospital we're truly sorry for your loss and We want to help you through this. You mentioned first the update you received, that her levels were fine. I can see how this would have been confusing given what happened two hours later and um, what you saw when you could see her. Unfortunately, during these times, we are operating under strict policies that limit movement and visiting to areas of the hospital. Regardless, Not being able to see her after her death would have been very distressing. The reason why you didn't see any monitoring equipment at that stage, like the oximeter, is because of our procedures following the death of a patient. When this does occur, we clean the deceased and remove any monitoring equipment, such as oximeters or IV drips and such. And we do this to prepare the body so that the family
1: so I think we can hear in that example a really heartfelt apology and some information that uh, clearly the family needed.
2: Yes. In, in that mediation session, the nurse manager saved the day because she could see all that and show empathy and understanding of the family.
1: I, I think we've learned an awful lot from this case, as we all, always do, and, and really the importance of, of being able to say sorry in a meaningful way, even when um, there's no error being involved. Uh, The sorry that you have have, uh, received that is such an important aspect of of such cases.
2: Yeah, yes, absolutely true. Whenever I do one of the workshops, I always say in my real life experience as a mediator, the lessons learned from either the the, the management of adverse outcome or navigating adverse outcome, they are very
1: true. Thank you very much for your time once again. It's been a fascinating case. Thank you, Ronald. So, the importance of being able to say sorry. I love that phrase that uh, Ronald shared that uh, in the mediation community saying sorry was not necessarily an admission of guilt. It was more or less saying the importance of the relationship between the two people That's the end of our discussion. And look, if you're a member of Medical Protection Society and want to know more about this uh, topic of saying sorry or managing adverse outcomes, we'd strongly encourage you to make the most of your membership. Take part in one of our Navigating Adverse Outcome virtual workshops that Ron mentioned, or some of the webinars, webcasts, and online learning materials on this topic, which can be found as part of your membership. Links for these can be found in the episode description. And with that, we reach the end of today's podcast. Saying sorry is not always easy. If you're new to these podcasts, maybe listening for the first time, make sure you subscribe to the channel to make listening easier in the future. You can access the podcast, of course, from all the major applications, including Apple, Google, uh, Spotify, and so forth. And for more information about medical protection, or if you're already a member and would like a certificate for listening, please look for details in
3: the episode description below. Matewa!